broadcasting live from the R&R Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Second and ten. Bridgewater wants to test him again. Has time. And he's hit in the pocket and crushed. Brought down at the 25-yard line. Turning the somersault. Mad Max Crosby rips into Bridgewater. Give that young man another sack. Lincoln, I got to ask you a question. Max Crosby. Our guy, Max Crosby is playing lights-out football right now. Uh Um, You know, I criticized him last year. Um, He didn't have a good year last year. Uh, There were, you know, he just just didn't have a very good year last year. Um, Part of it sometimes is, you know, having a big rookie year, teams make adjustments, um, and, you know, dealing with that. Uh, so, you know, there was that. Uh, Max has talked about some uh, some changes that he's made in Certainly. his life. Yep. Um, without question, he put the time and effort and work in uh, in all phases during the offseason. John Gruden talked about it many times. Um, when, when John was in the building, Max Crosby was there. When John would leave the building, Max Crosby's car was there. When John would pass by the building, Max Crosby's car was there. He was a devoted uh, worker throughout the offseason, and we're starting. We, we're not starting. We are seeing the effects of that and the result of that hard work, uh, coupled with you know he's got God-given ability as well. He's a big man that moves really fast uh, and has a tenacity about him and a relentlessness about him uh, that is we're, we're starting to see on a game to game, snap to snap, play to play basis. Um, and I, I've been proven wrong because I kind of doubted it. Uh, and I'm here to say that I was flat out wrong. And uh, Max Crosby has proven me wrong. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, and, and I'm happy for him, especially the things that he's done uh, off the field to get, to get him to a good place in that area of his life, but also professionally. This dude is just playing some great football right now. You know what? You got to appreciate guys that, that – have you know get an opportunity and as i said before in the last hour and take full advantage of the opportunity and make themselves better because because see you got to think about this your, your body and i've explained this to a lot of guys right now for those those guys in the locker room their body is their biggest investment okay they've got to be they got to be available and you got to get better you got to find a way to get better to, to to be more than you were say the game before the year before and as you mentioned Max came off of an unbelievable rookie year, surpassed a lot of people's expectations, including me, not even having heard of him, uh, played at a high level, and then took a step back last, last season, and probably rightfully so with, the, with all the confusion and everything else was going on defense, you can understand, but bettered himself both on and off the field, bettered his life, made more of a commitment to the investment and invested in himself, and now it's, 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 it's playing, it's showing off. I mean, he's got, what, five sacks now through seven games or six games? Seven games? Yeah. Um, uh, six games or whatever. And then he's, he's, he's not, you know, off the charts as like a tackling machine. But that pass rush has been – has allowed other guys to come alive, like Solomon Thomas and Quentin Jefferson to get sacks. And, you know, just, just forcing the pressure on the, uh, the quarterbacks. You're not going to allow them to sit back there and, and stand all, all, all day. 
And this is going to pay off in the end because they've got to find a way to, 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 to get, keep the pressure on without having to blitz, especially when you have the injuries that you have in the secondary. Yeah, and um, I mean he's 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 doing so many things. I'm going to bring the stats up here uh, in a second when I when I uh, call him up. But you know he's number one in pressures, hits. Um, you know he's not there uh, on the sacks, but you know he's he's got five already through uh, you know the first six games that puts mm-hmm. him in line t- for for a good season. Uh, you know in, in that regard. And he's playing the run well. I've seen him chase down mm-hmm, some, some mm-hmm. run plays, so he's mm-hmm. improved in that area. Um, I was, frankly, a little bit concerned coming into this season, uh, you know, because when we talked about this, Lincoln, what were the two uh, historically weaknesses, if you want to call them that, uh, of, of Unique Ngakwe and uh, Max Crosby? Well, it was run defense. Playing against the run. That, exactly that right. Was, I'm not lying about it. Yeah. That those, are the, those are the numbers. But both players, you know, Unique – kind of bulking up a little bit, adding a little yeah. bit more uh, girth to him. Yeah. Um, he showed up well in the run game, and, and obviously Max Crosby's playing a complete uh, defensive end right now. And, you know, uh, to your point, he's not the only one that's playing well on the defensive line. And I think Max, and I know he alluded to this on uh, on, on Sunday, he gave a lot of credit to Quinton Jefferson right. and Solomon Thomas and right. Unique Ngakwe and Jonathan Hankins, who was out, by the way, uh, on Sunday. It's been a collective... He's reaping the benefits and and getting a lot of the rewards, and he's making it happen without question because he's just playing that good. Uh, But he's always going to point out, and rightfully so, there's a lot to like about what's going on in this defensive line, and everybody's eaten as a result. The fact that they have a nice rotation means that one person doesn't get worn out. Their, their, Their ability to still turn on the pass rush in the fourth, in the second half, just as equally effective as they did, you know, in the first half. That's important too. And we've seen successes like that in the past. I mean, when the the Eagles won the Super Bowl, um, they had a rotation of about eight guys that they were constantly just shuffling in and out. And you've seen it with the Raiders. And you're right. Everyone is eating at, as as a resource of it. But you know, Max is going to get a lot of the notice because he's a standout. But Ngakwe has been a, a wonderful ad. You know, and I, all the guys that they've done, they've added on defense. The defensive line have really enjoyed the success of that secondary, being able to slow people down back there as well. Well, here are the stats: five sacks, eleven quarterbacks hits, first in the NFL. Twenty-five hurries, first in the NFL. 43 total pressures, first in the NFL. 91.7 PFF pass rush grade. First in the NFL, 27.6 pass rush win rate, first in the NFL. Uh, Max Crosby is, is is bringing it, and uh, just in the nick of time, you know, for the for the Raiders, because their biggest issue last year, I mean, they had a lot of holes defensively. There was a talent issue, uh, there was a coaching issue, communication issue, teaching the whole nine yards. Uh, but you know, a lot of that, even a lot of that stuff can uh, get get uh, mitigated if you can get onto the quarterback on a consistent basis. They yeah. couldn't. Guys were able to, you know, sit back in the pocket and, uh, you know, go place a bet over at the MGM Grand and then come back and make the throw uh, downfield. It just happened over and over and over again. And you, should, you would be sitting there just watching going, man, this is just way too easy for these quarterbacks. It's no longer the case uh, this year. And if Max Crosby can play like this, I mean, you know, A, I think that he puts himself into consideration for some big-time awards at the end of the year, but, you know, what is he, in year three? Yeah, three, yeah. You know what happens with second-round picks. They don't have the fifth-year option. 
uh, he he's he's next year would be the last year of his contract. He's putting himself into a, a position to make a, a little bit of money. I, I well, there's say. no doubt about it. I mean, he's putting himself. He's already been, you know, already a captain in his third year, and he's a standout player. So this is one of those things, one of those hard decisions the Raiders are going to have to figure out, but they, they definitely need to keep him. They got a lot of guys on one-year contracts. A lot of one-year deals is going to be interesting to see how they hold this defense together, but, you know, they, they do have the money to play with it, to do for it. Yeah, well, uh, mentioning that, let's talk about that for a second because I know there's still 11 games left to play, but if things stay status quo, um, you know, with, with the performance level of some of these players that we're talking about, Casey Hayward, one-year deal. You got to bring him back, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think you you have. I haven't seen enough out of Damon Arnett to say that you're going to continue to stay with him if he if you don't bring Hayward back. But I I would think that Gus Bradley would fight for certain guys. He would fight for definitely for Casey Hayward because he knows that he's got a, a good shutdown corner. Absolutely. Um, Denzel Perryman is under contract for next year, so they're in good shape uh, in, in in that regard. Solomon Thomas, I mean, not a bad guy to have in your rotation. No, no, not at all. Quentin Jefferson, not a bad guy to not have all. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive line. Uh, and Gakway's here for a couple for another year at least. Um, yeah. So that that's 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 good news. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for a lot of those guys, um, you almost have to say like right now, bring them back next year because they're building something that's pretty cool uh, yeah. on that on that defensive side of the ball. And then you know, obviously in the draft. Um, you start identifying. I think offensive line is going to be an area that they got to uh, obviously yeah. focus on. I think um, you know bringing in some young linebackers uh, that that they can can be part of the future uh, is something uh, to consider. But you know you, when you start again, you start looking at this defense. Jonathan Abram not having a bad year uh, no. himself. Finally and, found a purpose for him. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. And what are your thoughts on Trayvon Morig, who I think is 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 on track to be something pretty darn good. He's been special. We still have to work on his angles, yes, uh, tackling yes, angles. Yes. So there's still what, some okay, work to do. What, what is that? I mean, what uh, do you mean? I, I know what, what uh, tackling angles are. I, I didn't, you know, I was a slow football player, so <laughs> I, I was not good when they did the drills. Like, remember how the old, right. you know, right. meet at the 50-yard line, and it was like, I, I got to take away. Let's, can you push that up to the 20? Because <laughs> that's probably where <laughs> I'm, I'm going to end up tackling you. But I, I know what, ta- you know, uh, yeah. angle tackles are. But I'm saying at this level, What's been the issue for him? Is it just still adjusting to the speed and guessing? Yes, right? poor angles, just just guessing wrong. Right. Um, yeah. You know, when you come downhill, you're supposed to meet that the person. What you know, it's almost like you know, figuring out geometry. You're a pool player. I know you. I've seen, I, I can imagine that you play pool. So a little bit. Uh, yeah. So you you know about adjusting angles and you know and stuff like that. And when you're hitting the ball off of cushions and stuff. So it's it's very similar to that. Understanding angles, understanding where the player is likely to be. And going at there now, you've got to be able to come down with a control sense that if you can, you have you'll make an adjustment. Obviously, when the player sees you, he's not going to let you run into him. He's going to try to avoid you. But when you come down hill at a fast pace, and you completely whiff, you you have no you have no predetermined angle in your mind. That's what you got to be better at at safety, especially because you have the space to see, you know, where these things are developing before they develop to know where you should be meeting them at. Absolutely, and he's getting better. Uh, yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. been some really good moments uh, for him. I think he's he's what the Raiders, you know, uh, wanted and hoped for. And I think his his arrow continues to point uh, yeah. upwards. But the fact that you get the fact that you got these guys Hobbs and him under the draft is really awesome 
because it shows that your scouting department, everything is working the way you want. You know what I mean? That's that, that that's a hard find, especially when you have you talk about the impact that they're having on this defense. I was just going to get into it, Nate um, because you know we've been doing this a long time, and I haven't. Let's see, six games in, I've watched every single play. I know you have as well. Uh, I don't remember any. Oh, there's Nate Hobbs's rookie moment. Like we can we can say that for Trayvon. You know, uh, as good as he's played, you just mentioned he's still got to work on those right. on on the on angles. angles. Yep. Um, you know, every obviously Alex Leatherwood uh, has has a ways to go. Uh, I think he'll get there, uh, but he's not there uh, just yet. Nate Hobbs, I'm like, uh, what's not to like? Like, what's he hasn't done anything that that even indicates that he's a rookie, right? Right. Well, I mean, look, it's they they put him in an advantageous moment or spot playing the nickel. Um, it's not an easy position to play, but you can you when you talk to Nate and you listen to him, you know, he's just happy to prove people wrong because he fell in the draft. And so here's a guy who's who's really playing with a chip on his shoulder and it shows every time he's out there. He's got uh, sorry to interrupt uh-huh. right there, but uh, you just you just rang a bell for me, and he's kind of got an old soul feel to him oh, really? um, <laughs> in the in terms of how he talks about football. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not trying to compare the player to this player, you know, him mm-hmm. to this player that I'm about ready to say, but how he talks about football um, for such a young player, it kind of reminds me of Ed Reed. Ed Reed from the very get go, and I, he's a Hall of Fame player. I'm yeah. not comparing him, like I'm not, uh, but there's some. The way he looks at life, the game, uh, football, all of that, it just has that feel to it like the dude's been here before. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to see when a young player, especially like Ed Reed was a number one pick. We all knew who Ed right. Reed was at, the, at, at Miami. Um, but, you know, somebody like a, a, a Nate Hobbs, I'm not going to lie, when the Raiders drafted him, I had to Google it and find out <laughs> who is this guy. I remember seeing his name, you know, on the on the uh, scouting report, or excuse yeah. me, on the, the list of cornerback prospects, but it was way down there. So yeah. you can only look at a certain amount um, of, of players as, as we as reporters, you know, look do our little, you know, homework into it. So, you know, as soon as but, – but as soon as I put the tape on, you know, uh, what I could find of him, and it's out there, uh, I'm like, wow, what, hold on a second. This guy's actually pretty good. You know, uh-huh. like yeah. playing at, <laughs> at Illinois at a Big mm-hmm. Ten school, mm-hmm. um, tough, fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was kind of what we're seeing here in Lincoln. It's just – that's just the way it goes sometimes for certain guys that kind of fall through the crack. Maybe it's because of where they were, uh, what program they, they, they played in. Illinois is not, you know, one of the obviously higher-ranked teams, but it's just it, – it surprises it, – it, it, it surprises me still that a guy like that that's just so good would be drafted in the fifth round. Like every Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's why he's playing at the level he is. I mean, he's had – he you know, he was tutored under Lovey Smith, right? I think that was the yes. coach at Illinois at the time. Yep. So, um, you know, these guys, they, they t- tend to generate, and, of course, that's one of the reasons why the Raiders took a chance on him and drafted him. Well, one, he fell to the position, and they thought very highly of him, uh, and they needed it. Uh, but, but, two, they also understood the system that he came from, which is something that they can relate with. So, I mean, it has been a payoff. Yeah, no doubt about it. By the way, the Raiders – uh, signed Desmond Desmond uh, Trufant today. Oh wow, uh, really? So you know uh, that's that's the one you're watching. Yeah, guys, that's right? a dog. That's a dog. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you know, talking about them, and and this tells me that uh, if we needed any reiteration of it, that uh, the Raiders feel pretty good about themselves and they feel pretty good about where they might be headed this year, and they're not going to leave any stone unturned. I, I'm not saying that. That's never been the case uh, for the Raiders, but but 
you know, once you once you get your team in place where you feel real good about it and it's starting to look like what you wanted it to look like out on the field and then certain things become real possibilities. Like, to me, the playoffs are a real possibility for the mm-hmm. Raiders. Mm-hmm. If the season were to end today, they'd be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You start you start as an organization thinking, hey, we're not just looking to go get bodies right now. We're looking to get – we want to make sure that the backup to the backup or whatever the case might be isn't going to be the reason – uh, that we don't make reach our goals, you know, mm-hmm. so they're trying to tighten it up as much as possible. And, you know, I know he's a little bit long in the tooth, Lincoln, nine years in the NFL. You most recently played for the New Orleans Saints a couple mm-hmm. of games this year. Mm-hmm. But I know you have some uh, some knowledge of him. Uh, how can he help? And, you know, is this is a guy that that might be able to help the Raiders. You see, you kind of took a page out of um, what um, got to be better tacklers in space. Desmond is a, is a good tackler in space. Uh, more importantly, you just got to create depth because, let's face it, we don't know the severity of the injuries that guys are already on IR or when they'll be available to Trayvon come back. Mullen and David yeah, Arnett. Exactly. Um, so you lose a lot of – and Faison, you know, played well in the, the game, but he has limitations too. Um, so he's still coming along, but he played well in the game. Um, if you had – you know, I'm, I was fearful when, when we lost the two corners that, that people were going to start picking on – they're not going to go at Casey Hayward, but they're going to go at whoever's opposite. So, you know, and, and we got a very aggressive defensive backfield. So, um, but I, I, in all mind, Trafont can, he's had some times where he could play good press man. Um, he kind of receded, you know, a little bit, uh, and that's the reason why he was probably available. Um, and not a, it's a better, uh, yeah, he was a better cover three than he was cover two. Um, so I, I think he'll be good, but it just adds depth in my opinion. Okay, well, and maybe more. We'll see yeah, yeah. Um, if the number gets called uh, more than you know they're they're expecting right now. But uh, not a bad player to have no. in the building, without a doubt. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line, Anthony is in Washington. How you doing, Anthony? Oh, good man. How you guys doing today? Doing Wonderful. good. Nice. So uh, I'm kind of you guys actually kind of piggyback into what I was going to talk about. Um, the way that we went out against Denver uh, after what just happened. Uh, I feel like right now, you know, the iron's hot, right? So, you know, you need, before the trade deadline, you need to go out there and you need to try to get, you know, one or two playmakers, you know, probably a a defensive back. Uh, You probably need to, maybe hopefully you could, you know, score an O-lineman in case uh, something happens there. Uh, You know, our D-line is is super set. Uh, You know, I'm happy with the safeties. Uh, I'm happy with pretty much the whole team right now, which is the first, there's really nothing that I can really complain about. And so right now I think that we're kind of, we're in a position where, you know, Gruden is gone because Gruden, you know, screwed up. Yep. But I I saw something on Sunday that I haven't seen all year long. And that's uh, the Raiders playing through four quarters of football. And in the previous years, had we been in that situation, um, you know, it would have fallen apart. And I feel like right now is the time to strike. And, and even uh, as weird as it sounds, like you would think this would be like the, the most demoralizing time that a team can go through. But at the same time, I don't understand why, you know, I, I figured that we would have just, you know, after years and years, I'm 38 years old, of watching the Raiders just, you know, just the bed. Uh, they came out and they they looked like a totally different team. 
And I don't know if it's because, you know, of the play calls or what it was or if they were all fighting for each other or what it was, the locker room. All I know is right now, I feel like we have a real good chance to make a run. And I don't know why, because any team that just lost their head coach probably shouldn't be making a run. But we are in it. And so I think Mark needs to just, boom, drop the hammer. Do what uh, do what the Cardinals just did. You know, go get don't get it back, Ertz, but they're they're reaching for dudes. They like we're gonna do it now. Now's the time, we're gonna do it now. Don't give up all your assets. Don't give up, you know, maybe your first round pick, because, you know, or whatever. Maybe you do. I don't know. If you think you can get it now, you get it now. But at least you get one. I just feel like right now is the time to strike. I feel like this these next upcoming games are all super winnable. Uh Philadelphia, you know, I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. Philadelphia, winnable. Giants, winnable. Uh, even uh, after the way that I've seen. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, all right. Then thank you. Thank you very much for yeah, the call. No, I'm, no, I'm no. losing losing focus on what the heck he was talking about. I, I appreciate it, Anthony. Yeah. Um, Did he say he wanted to go out and get somebody? Well, if the if if the opportunity arose uh, to get an impact player, kind of like what the uh, Cardinals did. Bringing in the tight end. Yeah, well, they were they were without a tight end, Zach Ertz. And I mean, they got Zach Ertz. Got a good tight end. I'm like, where where yeah. where are you? Where, I mean, what what position do you need to impact? I mean, there's not a whole lot that's available. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because there was a um, you know in the aftermath of everything that happened there, John Gruden. Everyone wanted to you know put the bow tie on the John Gruden you know uh, years here, and there was one story in particular that caught my eye. It was an ESPN story. Um, and it pointed out that, um, I think it was Bill Barnwell, uh, from ESPN pointed out that the Raiders and maybe Demond, if you can call it up, uh, that, that it was a disastrous roster. I think it was the way that, uh, the headline or, or, uh, he described the roster that John Gruden had left behind uh-huh. and Lincoln, I, I you know, I, I've never met Bill Barnwell. Um, I, I'm a fan of his writing. But I think in this case, he kind of whiffed. I don't think this is a disastrous roster. Anytime you have, I mean, they've got Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby, two of the, you know, arguably the best defensive end tandem in the NFL right now. Right. Uh, go ahead, Devon. Yeah, just if you're looking for a nice little clickbait headline, I'm not going to get into the whole article. John Gruden built a bad Raiders roster, why his tenure was a disaster, and what other teams could learn, and what's next. See, hmm. I, Lincoln, I'm sorry, but. I don't – the football team that I saw out on Sunday mm-hmm. is not a bad – in fact, it's a good football team. Right. There's – you're going to tell me a team with Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs and Foster Moreau uh, and Brian Edwards is a bad roster? I right. see talent everywhere I look on that offense, and if this de- offensive line can just get settled in and, and play good complementary football – that offensive that offense has just as many weapons as anybody in the NFL. Well, I agree. I, I think that you know the offensive line obviously was a setback and didn't live up to the expectations to initially start, and it's still a work in progress for sure. Um, but you know, for the fact that I don't, I don't think it's a disastrous roster. I'm thinking that you're taking chances on people that you really, you know, 
I mean, I mean, out of necessity, you know, you went out, you were aggressive in free agency, you signed Ngakwe, you needed a pass rusher. You addressed it. You addressed it with giving guys like Solomon Thomas an opportunity. He was a former first-round pick. You know what I mean? It's like it's not, it's not like we're stretching really far. And you talk about the impact that the draft classes have had when they need it. They've addressed it. They've and they they to a certain extent have paid off. I mean, the draft show the draft is obviously a crapshoot a lot of times. So there's there's a lot of things that have come into their own here this season, being put under the right scheme and making and made effective. But you know, when you have a quarterback, you have a chance, and that's where it all starts with. Yeah, I I just disastrous. I I'm sorry, but I can't subscribe to that. That's not the football team that I see, um, and and, and or I've been watching, and I feel like I've been around football for a little while now, and. Disastrous is not does not come to mind when I look at this football team. Um, in fact, I think the complete opposite. It's a pretty darn good football team, which is why they are among the best teams in the AFC and a game off the pace for the best record in the AFC. And oh, by the way, they beat that team, the Baltimore Ravens. So disastrous. What is that all about? Like, it's yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to get Bill Barnwell uh, on the show. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to just explain what exactly yeah. he meant and what lessons need to be learned. Anyway, uh, you're in the huddle uh, with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday. Now I'm all fired up. (laughs) Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. DeMond Cotton's over here trying to say that the Riders have a bad roster, apparently. Speak speak up, DeMond. I'm not saying they have a bad roster. I'm just saying if someone presents facts with bad picks or bad signings, you can't just say, ah, but the team's above 500 now, so none of that matters. They're just presenting the facts of, hey, this was a bad free agent signing. This draft pick didn't pay No out. doubt about it. No doubt. You, can, about you make that argument for every team, though. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm trying yeah, to say. I'm, I'm not saying the point is he said that he left it. He he created a bad roster. That's the ultimate. His ultimate conclusion was this is a bad roster. You want to go through pick after pick after pick and free agent signing after free agent signing. You're going to have your hits. You're going to have your misses. That's part of the game. Any general manager will explain that to you. The point is he said that he left a bad roster in his wake, and that's what I disagree with. If you want to go. Like they were, Lincoln, he was bringing up Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, Tarek Whitehead. None of those right. guys have anything to do with what's happening right now. Right. And Lincoln, you've been around football long enough, uh, or, 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 or many years. Sometimes when you're just a bad team, you're just trying to get through. You're trying to get through to the other side. And so you bring in guys like Nelson and, and Whitehead. That's the best you can get at that moment. Right. Um, but you're, you're trying to, obviously, you're not building your team around Jordy Nelson or, or Whitehead. But at some point, you need a wide receiver. Right. You need a defensive, uh, you know, a linebacker. All those type of things. But it's where you are currently. And that's the argument that I had with that article. You could go back five years ago and nitpick anybody's signings and track records and draft picks and all that. It's Did they build a pretty good team or not? And I felt like John Gruden and Mike Mayock, Lincoln, have built a pretty good football team. I, I, I think that you know it takes time. You're obviously going to take chances. Like yeah. you, They brought in Jordy Nelson because they thought that they, they had a veteran receiver. They needed receivers at the time. So you're trying to, you're trying to do something. You're trying to do a cheat. Gruden has yes. said countless times that, you know, hey, he would love to bring in a lot of people, but don't necessarily they want, they want a king's ransom. 
And then when people know that you have a need and want to, it's their agents who are going to come. Oh, I want all this or ask for it, you know, as much as you can. So, um, look, it takes time to develop a roster. And some people have different philosophies with the way to do it, whether you do it through the draft or free agency. But I think this team has addressed every need that they had to in one way or the other, be it a free agency or a draft. And sometimes they miss and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And right now, the, what, what, we, what we're seeing right now is a pretty darn good football team that I think is right in the thick of the playoffs hunt yeah. and will remain so, barring yeah. some kind of uh, catastrophe. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line to welcome in a good friend of ours, uh, my colleague and teammate over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Sam Gordon. Sam, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my man? Uh, doing well, Vinny. What's up, Lincoln? Appreciate hey, what's up, Sam? Having me on. I'm doing all right, man. We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, Sam, we talked earlier today about, um, I thought, you know, we, we've talked quite a bit going all the way back to the offseason about um, the character that this team uh, was was we were seeing it we could pick up on it you could feel like wow you know some of these guys have grown up they've brought in some really good people um, and and that was bound to get tested we didn't we couldn't predict that it was going to get tested the way it got tested uh, with with John Gruden uh, having to resign as abruptly as he did and for the reasons that he did but that character got tested uh, this week, um, and they responded pretty well. What were your thoughts on what you saw from the Raiders on Sunday, amid everything that was going on? Yeah, um, great question. I think it's. I think we were just you know last year, Vinny, as we've talked about at length, um, such a young football team, right? Young players, uh, inexperienced, and, and you, they were, you, the team was still trying to find its way. The leaders were still developing. Obviously, you had leaders, you know, Derek Carr, and plenty of veterans on that roster, but. It was still young. It was still very immature. And I think with some of the kind of the natural development guys getting older, some of the young players, the 2019 draft class, I think you touched on that during training camp, really has kind of taken ownership. And some of those guys have emerged as leaders. And then you bring in, you bring in veterans, guys that have been through adversity, guys that have, played, have made deep playoff runs, guys that have been a part of winning cultures and winning locker rooms, Casey Hayward, Unique Nagakwe, um, and on and on and on, Solomon Thomas, right? There's, there's, there's veterans now in this locker room beyond – what you already had, and, and the, with the combined with the young guys growing up, I think you just have a more mature group. You, ha- you have more leaders uh, on both sides of the ball, more guys that are battle-tested, more guys that have been through adversity on and off the field. And with that in mind, you see kind of the, the, the arduous circumstances, the unprecedented circumstances, really, that the team had dealt with. To come out and respond like that um, on the road in a tough place to play, uh, you know, Denver's, we know they're not a Super Bowl contender or anything like that, but it's an improved team. It's a division rivalry. And it's always hard to play in the Mile High City. It just is. There's a, there's a great crowd there, great atmosphere, great football town. To go in there and, and thoroughly dominate and play one of their best games, one of their most complete games, like you touched on this morning, um, was super impressive. And it, it just showed a lot of character, a lot of grit that I don't know that this team had um, last season. And that's why you go out and make those moves. Yes, it's for, it's for what you want to do on the field. Obviously, Casey Hayward having an incredible year. Some of these veterans really, really impact players on the field. But it's as much for the locker room and the model being professional and how to develop uh, for the younger guys as well. And I think that's, that's what you saw, and that's why they were leading 31-10 you know, to three quarters uh, in a big division rivalry game. All of a sudden, you're 4-2 and two now, you're right back in the mix, and you have the whole season ahead of you with a winnable game against Philadelphia uh, going into the bye week. So great, great bounce back. Um, was really impressed. Didn't necessarily expect um, a dominant performance like that, uh, but it is what it is. They played fantastic, and now it's about building off that moving forward. You know, Sam, we're looking at this team, and it's still right before the bye week. But you know, one of the best assessments that I have is that they're they're slowly coming together and playing even more yep. like a team instead of the standout individuals. Do you see the same thing? Share the same sentiment? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of synergy, um, specifically on that defensive side of the ball, right? I think the way that that group, uh, the, the way that the defensive line has worked together to become, dare I say, one of the more disruptive units in football so far, right? They're right. in the top ten in the NFL in sacks. I mean, that's, that's just call it what it is. Uh, Max Crosby is the highest-graded player on pro football focus among edge rushers. He's really, really disruptive. And then with the veterans they brought in, you see that pass rush clicking. You see the linebackers flying around. All of a sudden, the secondary is playing better, and you're able to force turnovers and get interceptions and create momentum plays and create explosive plays You know, on the offensive side of the ball as well, setting up your offense. So when you see how this team comes together, it goes back to the, the, the character that they have and some of the veterans that I believe they brought in. It's, it's starting to gel. They're figuring things out. Obviously, a long way to go. There's definitely things to clean up. Um, but this is definitely uh, more of a unified team than we saw last year for sure. And, and to see, again, that, that response um, in these circumstances, very, very impressive at this point in the season for sure. We're talking to Sam Gordon. Uh, you could follow him at by Sam Gordon on Twitter. And uh, if you want to read his stuff uh, and everything that we do over at the uh, Las Vegas Review Journal, uh, just download the app Vegas Nation uh, or go to VegasNation.com. Uh, Sam, we saw a um, a Raiders team without John Gruden calling the plays for the first time since 2018. Uh, and dare I say, we saw, whether it was a subtle difference or significant, I'm not quite sure um, how to describe it just yet, but we saw some differences uh, in this offense. And, um, you know, Kenyon Drake getting involved, uh, a screen pass, which uh, Lincoln Kennedy almost had to take a couple deep breaths. Oh, oh it was beautiful. Uh, after after, after, after uh pounding his fists on on the table for the Raiders to do, over the last three years for the Raiders to do just that. Uh, we saw the throw to Kenyon Drake for a touchdown. Um, we saw a lot of good things. Uh, and yeah. did you feel like it looked and felt differently to you with Greg Olson calling the plays? Yeah, I definitely did. And I thought, you know, the, the percentage of runs on, on first down was way down. You have a, a guy in Derek Carr who through the first week, three weeks of the season was the NFL's leading passer who – without much of a running game, save for Peyton Barber in week three, was able to go out there against pretty good defenses, right? I mean, Pittsburgh has had their struggles offensively. They've been great defensively this year. Baltimore just almost blanked the Chargers, who were rolling. And Miami, for all their struggles offensively and for where they're at at 1-5, and five, still a relatively well-coached team on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, a guy in Derek Carr averaging 400-something yards a game. And he approved, without much of a running game, that you can lean on him and that he can take you, he can win you games in in arduous situations, in adverse situations. And I thought the Raiders let him do that. I mean, he's, he's obviously the most impactful player on the offense, being a quarterback, being a very good quarterback in that. You let him throw the ball downfield. You let him sling it. And then after that, you get a little bit more physical in the running game once, once, once the pass is, has been established, especially down the field. So, uh, obviously, running game not as efficient as you want it to be, but you did enough on that end to make Derek Carr comfortable. I thought the offensive line played his best game of the year. Um, all things considered, they, they, were, they were really good giving him time to do what he had to do and get the ball downfield. And, and I like the aggressive approach. I mean, you have that kind of quarterback, and you have big-time um, skill players that all kind of complement each other. you got Darren Waller. you got Henry Ruggs, who, who has really emerged this year as an impact player. Ryan Edwards continues his growth and development. Uh, Hunter Lanfro is who he is. And then, like you said, Kenyon Drake. Uh, it just felt like it was a more aggressive um, game plan and a little bit more of a modern game plan. And I think that's a, the approach moving forward until you can uh, improve the run blocking on that offensive line. Maybe Richie Incognito comes back, and then the natural growth and development of some of these younger players. Derek Carr has proven he can go out there and, and sling it and win games, and I think that's the formula moving forward. Sam, last one from me. Your impression of the defense? 
Well, I mean, it's, it's so much better. Uh, I mean, so far, through six weeks. Last year, Lincoln, 29.9 points per game. That's yeah. what they allowed on average as bottom three in the league. Any team with, a, with a, a relatively good offense could hang 30 on the Raiders. That was the norm, 30. They, they haven't allowed more than 28 points in a single game this year. So through six games, they haven't allowed what their average was last year. It, it's, it's a lot better, and it starts up front. It starts with the pass rush. That is, is the, the most important component of a defense, a good defense in my opinion, because it makes everybody else better. It, it lets the linebackers do their thing. It, it takes some of the, the responsibilities off the safeties and corners in pass coverage, and as we saw on Sunday, when you have a disruptive pass rush like that, you're forcing turnovers, sets the offense up with easy scores. It's a much better unit. So that's obviously a credit to Gus Bradley and the system he implemented, and it's a credit to the growth and development of some of those young players and, and, and the way that the veterans have adapted and, and stepped right in. Casey Hayward having an unbelievable season. Jonathan Abram, much better. Uh, Max Crosby, like we touched on, looking like a first-team all-pro kind of guy, and then the other free agent acquisitions across that defensive line rotating in and out and, and being impact players. So uh, so far, the, the offense and the victories, of course, has been very good. But the defense, believe it or not, it's kind of it's kind of funny we're saying this, given how bad some of the Raider defenses have been the last few years. But it's the strength of the team. It's, it's been very, very good, uh, better than I expected it to be. I expected improvement, not quite like this. They've been very, very good, and uh, it's a big reason this team's going through. Wait, Sam, it's the what of this team? Dare I say it? Feels like the strength of the team. Like, uh, thank you. It's, it's 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 hard to believe. Now, that's not to say the <laughs> offense isn't good, but. This is a pass rush now that's had multiple sacks in every single game this season. I mean, they barely had any games like that. They certainly weren't able to string together consecutive games like that. It feels like that unit is really building some momentum. And, and uh, we're gonna, I'm, I'm excited to see how it continues to evolve as guys get more and more comfortable with what Gus Bradley's doing. Yeah, it's a good defense. Uh, they've proven that over six games. I don't expect uh, that there to be much deviation uh, from that. There's they're just too many good players uh, and too well coached uh, on that side of the ball. All right, Sam, I can't let you get out of here uh, without talking about something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, uh, Samuel. Yeah. Uh, and I think you know where I'm headed with this. Uh, there's, there's, I do. There's a big game over at Staples Center uh, tonight. Yes, uh, the Lakers open uh, the, the, the their, their march to the NBA championship uh, to surpass, I think, the Boston Celtics. Uh, i got to look at the numbers again, whether they tie it or whatever. They're going for another championship. I feel that in my heart. Sam, where is it all going to end up this year for the purple and gold? Well, I think, Vinny, the most important thing is health, right? And you, this is a very, very veteran roster, as we know. Um, you, you're going to have to kind of manage guys throughout the course of the season. I, 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 I saw a quote somewhere that Frank Vogel said they're going to be selective about when they rest LeBron and kind of go, go, go with that as, it, as necessary. But you bring in a guy like Russell Westbrook to be dynamic and help carry the load in the regular season. I think it's going to take time for this thing to click. I, I don't expect the Lakers to have the best record in the West. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they were a three, you know, three or four or even a five seed. But it's not about the regular season for them. With this group of veterans, with these kind of expectations, you're just using the regular season to develop chemistry, to figure out what lineups work. LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook getting a feel of how to play together. And then you hope to be ready for the playoffs and healthy going into the playoffs. If they are healthy going into the playoffs, this is a finals team, in my opinion. It's a team that can go to the finals and win the championship. If LeBron is dinged up like he was last year or there's an issue with Anthony Davis, if he's not healthy, all bets are off. It's all about health for this team. Uh, again, I think the regular season is about getting reps. But this year, I think, I think believe it or not, Vinny, I think this is wide open. We saw kind of that, that format last year, especially when some of those injuries happened. But there's a lot of question marks with Brooklyn. Can Milwaukee repeat? What about the Philadelphia situation with Ben Simmons? What about Jamal Murray? When's he coming back? How about Kawhi Leonard? So, so many moving parts, so many variables. If the Lakers can stay healthy, I think it's going to be them and the Bucks in the finals this year. 
Uh, not writing off Brooklyn, obviously, and, and I think Miami's a sleeper in the East as well. Uh, but if they're healthy, uh, this is championship roster. That's, yeah. uh, you have size, you have wings, and you have multiple ball handlers. So they have all the components. It's just about getting it to Joe. Yeah, I feel like the NFL is that weekly um, you know, uh, reality TV show or just like drama, you know, that weekly show that you have to watch on a weekly basis, whereas the NBA, God bless it, is the daily soap opera uh, that we need and love, including Ben Simmons today getting kicked out of practice uh, by Doc Rivers. When was the last time uh, a, 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 an NBA player got kicked out of That's like the lowest you can – that's like the worst when you get kicked out of practice. And I've literally seen – Back in my day, Pat Riley kicked people out of Lakers practice. Players that are in the Hall of Fame right now, by the way. Uh, it was it was pretty funny to see. So the soap opera has started. Sam, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. I can't wait to uh, talk about the Lakers uh, with you throughout this year and obviously uh, the Raiders and see where they are headed uh, as they get ready to play the Philadelphia Eagles, go to their bye week, uh, and see what they can make uh, of the season. Thanks a lot, Sam. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Sam. Hey, no problem, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Talk soon. You got it. That's Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Before we uh, go to break, I just want to let you know, uh, Demon Rum, you can have it shipped directly to you now. Uh, just go to drinkdemonrum.com. The more you buy, the better the deal. And now, for being a fan, get 10% off your total order. Enter DemonVinny10 in the coupon code. That's DemonVinny10 at drinkdemonrum.com. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador Radio Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. All right, Lincoln. I'm gonna, you know, Demond and I have been talking uh, during the break. It's a uh-huh. great, it's a great discussion. Uh, but Demond's final conclusion on John Gruden was that his tenure was bad, and he's all really what he's looking at is the record. Uh, the record isn't good, obviously. Uh, but I contend, and I've contended from the very beginning, John Gruden wasn't brought in here to win immediately. John Gruden, based on the contract that he was given, and the money he was given, and the leeway he was given, really a runway. To build a good, solid foundation and good, solid team. It didn't have to happen overnight. So, Demon is on record saying that John Gruden was, it was a bad tenure. The tenure was bad. Um, I look at things a little bit more broadly than just the win-loss record, because I don't think it was about that, especially early on. There were a lot of holes that they needed to fill. Uh, they needed to rebuild the roster. They had to get their salary cap in order, which was out of control when he took over. It was going to take a little while, and you were going to take some losses along the way. Um, but I think if you look at the roster that he left, I think he left a much better roster than he inherited. And um, so I don't, I, I, I can't sit here and say John Gruden's tenure with the Raiders was bad because I think he achieved something along the way. I think we're, you know, we've been slowly seeing a process come to its own. And, you know, with restructuring the roster, with, you know, having to make the hard decisions to trade away Khalil Mack, you know, and draft based on need, we've seen them address the situation to what we see now um, is, is, is certainly working out in the favor. And, and Gruden created that. I don't think you can escape that. You know, having the wherewithal to, to fire, fire Paul Gunther last year when the defense was a disaster. And then look to see and go, go out and get somebody um, who came and sort of 
re, re-energize this defense. It's got players playing well. Have Jonathan Abram in a position to play well. You know, Denzel Perryman. These are all things that Gruden was involved with. You know, and and they're they're working out. So we're starting to see the turnover. The you know maybe the possibly the finished product, um, but we've all seen fast starts before. I don't say his his time here was uh, was was not good, a disaster. Um, but I, I think that the way this team is going to finish, I still think they're a playoff caliber team. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and say they're a Super Bowl no, no, no. team, but yeah. getting to the playoffs would it would be a direct. Uh, effect of what John Gruden, how John Gruden put this team to help put this team together. Yeah, and and it was a collaborative effort as yes. well. He would, you know, um, so you know the good and the bad. And I, I just don't think, especially in football, because as Devon and I were talking uh, uh, during the break, guys that you signed as free agents four years ago, generally speaking, the the, the shelf life of of a guy that you bring in, because usually vet, when you sign a free agent, it's typically going to be a veteran player, you right? Know? Um, I'll go back to the Rams. They have two guys that they signed, um, Andrew Whitworth and and uh, Robert Woods, that they signed when 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 uh, Sean McVay first got there. That are still there. Everyone else, that roster is completely turned around. So it's just you know you're not gonna. Those guys were to me stop gaps. When you talk about Tariq Whitehead, who was you know he was just an average football player he right. wasn't special he wasn't you're not building your defense around uh around him you need a linebacker uh right. and and he's served that role not very well but he served that role um when you're rebuilding like that sometimes you just have to make concessions and again you mentioned this too money's not growing on trees exactly. in terms of the salary cap that yeah. was the other issue that the Raiders were trying to fix was an out-of-control salary cap that they had to get stabilized in order to be able to have space under the cap. Like, think of it. Next year, right now, as we speak, the Raiders are like $56 million under the projected salary cap next year. They're in great position to now add to what they've uh, already kind of put together. Now, they're going to have – there's three or four guys that I think they're going to have to sign – uh, back that are on one-year contracts, but you know, I think one way or another they'll they'll get some of those guys at the very least. But anyway, I just don't think it was a bad tenure. I think it ended really badly, but I think the the dang thing was headed in the right direction, and that was always the plan: get it into a right place, put it uh, on the path to where you can build maybe some sustained success rather than kind of the fleeting success. Because whatever they had been doing the last twenty years. That hadn't been working. I uh, just want to say thanks to uh, Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, appreciate you, brother. Enjoy Always. the Laker game tonight. Yeah, I will. Uh, we'll, we'll be back at it tomorrow, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bonner. Uh Back at it tomorrow, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Wednesday. See you then.